With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast listeners out there, and welcome in to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, where we're always talking everything college, hoops, little NBA draft. just want to say thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up. Thanks to Bell Jar for taking us on our intro and outro music. Give them a nice listen on iTunes, please. Thanks for tuning in and carving out some time. You could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you chose to be here with us, Mike, and Gus. We appreciate that. So, welcome back in, everybody. Thanks for listening to Mike and I rant and rave about the commission of uh, college basketball and Condoleezza Rice and her fine, fine established committee and uh, us arguing over a couple of things. Uh, The main thing being uh, they just totally avoided amateurism. The change of the ruling there, it sounded like they just ignored the money. And it seemed like they were okay with the NCAA controlling literally billions of dollars and then letting the FBI put people in jail for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that seems odd, wrong, misguided, among other things. But that might be another argument for another day between Mike and I. So let's get you guys caught up on a couple of uh, college basketball news, notes, and tidbits. We'll talk a little uh, player movement We'll talk a little uh, prediction of where some folks might go or so on and so on and what's been happening as far as on the transfer market and, and, and um, late commits. Uh, and then we'll get into a little bit of the Knight Commission, kind of Lee Rice's uh, article in USA Today, and uh, maybe some David Robinson uh, comments as well along the way. So we'll get you in and out of here and then uh, get you on your way to your weekend so you guys can enjoy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to every single family listening out there i hope that you enjoy the weekend in the proper place with the proper people and just celebrate celebrate by spending time that's the best thing you don't necessarily need flowers you don't necessarily need a big old card you don't need a big old gift just spend time in the right place happy mother's day out there everybody cheers thanks mom so let's get you caught up hey listen villanova just keeps getting it right they snag albany transfer Point guard, Joe Cremo, 6'4", average almost 18 points a game, 4-plus rebounds, almost 4 assists, and he shot at a crazy 45.8% from 3. The, transfer, uh, the grad transfer is going to be eligible right away. Nice insurance in case uh, uh, DiVincenzo can't come, uh, doesn't come back and decides to keep his name in the draft uh, after the combine. That's uh, happening uh, next week which we'll talk a little bit about along the way is here as well. I mean, I mean, and what can't Coach Wright do? I mean, he recruits the right guys, develops them beautifully into solid NBA-ish players, wins two national titles, and now he's active on the transfer market. And get I know this is like a term that gets thrown around all the time, but I think it's true in Cremo's case. 
He's one of the best transfers that were available on the transfer market, literally. So he does that really well now, too. Oh, man. If he starts, like, playing this game as well, I don't know. Villanova and, and Coach Wright just seem to keep getting it right. And, and like we mentioned, he's one of the you know one of the finest guards on the transfer market this year. He had superior usage numbers at the mid-major level uh, and, and played at a really efficient rate shooting the ball and then also – uh, Turnover-wise, again, a nice insurance uh, now that Brunson uh, is going to uh, is signed with an agent is out the door. So it'd be, it's nice to have him and Booth in the backcourt. Man, that's that, what a luxury for for the Wildcats. So Villanova fans, just celebrate that. That that is amazing. Um, let's move on to uh, one of the other blue bloods, Kentucky, and this is for more the uh, 2019 season than the 2018 season, although. There is like you know some hush talk about reclassification. Same thing that uh, uh, you know Bagley did this past year with Duke. Tyree, Ty- Tyrese Maxey, six-three uh, point guard, combo-ish guy, can shoot it. Really a Calipari type guard. Think of your Derrick Rose. Think of your uh, Tyreek Evans. Think of uh, uh, Fox. Maybe not as quick or as shifty, but he's going to join uh, Ashton Hagens and DJ Jeffries, who are always already in for the 2019 class. And uh, they're in the play with Memphis and Penny Hardaway for James Wiseman. So again, Kentucky doing Kentucky-like things. Uh, Coach Calipari doing Coach Calipari-type things. Just continues to bring in great player after great player. And it feels like Maxi gives them a little bit more balance as far as their uh, roster composition and makeup goes. It felt like this past season, uh, it was Green. It was uh, Shea Gil, just Alexander, Diallo. An army of 6'8 to 6'10 guys. None of which really stood out. Maybe Knox to a certain extent. But it feels like Maxi and, and Hagens and Jeffrey, and, and if they snag Wiseman too, might actually give them some defining players at each one of those positions as opposed to uh, uh, more of the generic uh, roster lineup that they had this past year. Uh, let's go to one of our favorite stops, and we'll, we'll head to Nevada. Jalen uh, Townsell is a local guy. He agreed to walk on, even though he had other D1 offers. Uh, all of this Nevada news, of course, is uh, thanks to Chris Murray. You know, need to know more about the Wolfpack, um, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, Jordan Brown uh, in a few seconds. Um, please give Chris Murray a follow uh, on Twitter and look up his stuff at the Reno Gazette Journal. So uh, Townsend is a, Townsend is a hometown kid, home state kid, uh, much like Luke Babbitt was back in the day. Um, coaching one of over, he's a six seven, two hundred pound ish guy, can shoot it, uh, multi skilled. Um, but interesting that he's going to take a walk-on role. Very, uh, I feel like it's very similar to um, Luke May at uh, UNC, uh, where he is a technically a walk-on. I don't know if Towson is as talented as May. May end up being um, after a couple of years at Nevada, but it seems like a very similar situation where like the term walk-on is used, but really uh, he's a D1 player. Update on Nevada folk that are... Uh, Invited to the compound and have put their name for the draft. Uh, Cody and Caleb Martin have worked out with the Lakers in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, OKC. Uh, the, both of them are going to the, the combine uh, next week, uh, May 17th. Uh, Jordan Caroline has had workouts with the Nets and also with the Thunder as well. Uh, still no one has hired, hired an agent uh, at pod recording time, so they're all still in play to come back. Nevada also, as always, active on the transfer market. Uh, Ehab Amin, Texas A&M Corpus Christi guard, uh, 6'4", grad transfer, eligible to play right away. He's from Egypt, 
He averaged almost 17 points a game, six and a half boards, and he led the nation in steals. He also averaged about three assists a game. So the 6'4", diverse guard, is going to bring some interesting uh, skills to the backcourt. He'll be eligible to play right away. I think that's nice insurance just in case Drew isn't ready right away at season start. Uh, so again, they just add another one. By the time you've listened to this, we'll probably hear about where Jordan Brown is going to go, the lone McDonald's All-American that's still unsigned and uncommitted at this point. Uh, the big man, 6'11", is, uh, has his final three, Nevada being one of those with Cal and Arizona being the other two. So the, probably by the time you're listening to this podcast, I'll announce and, and, you know, good shatter for the Wolfpack that they're in play, strongly in play. To be perfectly honest, if and these are large ifs, and we talked about this on the uh, previous podcast. They bring back Cody and Caleb. They bring back Jordan. They have, uh, you know, Min from the, the Steels leader. They have a whole other, you know, battery of transfers to come in. They, you know, they added the, the transfer from Old Dominion. They add Brown. And look out. Not only is this a top 10 team, it's like a legit Final Four, legit, like, in the conversation for a national championship type team. No joke. No uh, no hyperbole here. That's legit talk. That's honest. Cross your fingers, Wolfpack fans out there. Let's get to... Oh, and then I, I guess we have to mention uh, Romeo Langford going to Indiana. I don't know if we mentioned that on the previous podcast. Great get for Archie Miller. Perfect player for his system. And if you think back on those uh, great Dayton teams, uh, especially that team that made the Elite Eight run and upset uh, Syracuse early in the tournament, he puts out... Coach Miller, he puts out players... That can make plays. He puts them in successful positions. And he was a a smidge, not necessarily ahead of the curve, but he was playing positionist basketball like before it had like this catchphrase and term. He just put his best players out there and let them make plays and put them in successful positions. So Romeo Lankford is that type of player. 6'4", combo-ish guard, just makes plays, can make shots, a shot creator, plays well with others, and, you know, obviously a top 10 type level talent as far as a recruiting class goes and you know they bring morgan back that's nice are you kidding me with him on the perimeter morgan doing some damage inside that that sounds like it works you put some pieces around those two guys and i think i think miller has exactly what he wants there he's got like a a multi-skilled maybe undersized quote-unquote big and morgan and then you know a multi-faceted a wing player in langford uh, helping him run the show. And then, you know, they, they plug a point guard in there and, and then some shooters around them. Forget it. Indiana is nationally, Indiana is nationally ranked. Bingo, bango, there it is. So Coach Miller obviously making huge changes. And it's nice to see that he's he's having success. And of course, Indiana finding their way back to relevancy. Very, very cool. That get of Romeo Langford, even if he's only there for one year, is a huge get for Indiana and the Hoosiers. All right, let's get to some like uh, off off the court stuff. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Knight Commission. I felt like Mike and I needed to to bounce this around a tiny bit. Um, you know, when we get to back together next week, of course, we'll talk about this a little bit more. But I think the the, the highlight, the star uh, of the Knight Commission uh, report or or findings or or I, I guess just you know public sharing was Wendell Carter's mom, Kayla Carter, used some really really (laughs) attention-grabbing phrases in her little speech that she gave as one of the keynote speakers 
for the Night Commission. Uh, and the Night Commission is made up of uh, Jay Billis and, and, and Phil Martelli of, of St. Joe's. And they are constantly on the lookout for bettering the college game and attempting to find uh, advantageous ways for the game to change their rules to make their game better, to make their game more transparent, to make the game, I, I don't know, less muddled like it was beginning of the season with the FBI investigations. So, you know, Ms. Carter just went straight to the two, two verbiage terms that are really going to catch her ear. Slavery and prison. She compared NCAA sports to both of those terms. This is blunt to the point. This is direct. She didn't pull any punches. She didn't dance around it. This is emotional. As a former uh, Division I scholarship uh, student athlete at Old Miss. It is also personal for herself and for her son. It's explosive, because once you throw those two terms in there, yikes, everybody's going to pay attention to what you're saying. So I felt like the this was almost, I, I felt like what she said and what the Knight Commission brought to the table was almost as useful, if not more useful, than what Commission for College Basketball brought to the table. Because they didn't, they just brought up a couple of things that didn't really address the big problem. And, and, and Ms. Carter was addressing the big problem, which was like money. Students, athletes are put in these positions at these universities. And then they're spit back out on the other end to a, to a system limits their earning potential. So I think she brought up a number of a number of emotions, maybe not like talking points, but definitely a couple of emotions that caught people's attention and really grabbed at a few things. I think the most useful item uh, from the Knight Commission is that they called out coaches who take sneaker money, and they called for the coaches and the staff to report this outside related income, quote-unquote, a rule that the NCAA reversed not just two years ago. Like, what does this even mean? Like, how does the NCAA create a landscape where their coaches and staff are able to take payments from sneaker companies and thus creating their own black market that the FBI documented and found fault in and made arrests with at the start of the season. So the big question here is why is it okay for coaches to legally get paid from sneaker companies and players or not? Why is it an NBA bust? If a player's family gets that money, but it's not a bust if the coach, Coach Patino, and other coaches get that money from the sneaker companies. Like, why is that okay? Again, it just goes back to the money control. The NCAA wants control of these billions of dollars. And once they start relinquishing control of part of this money stream, then it gets a little crazy. Or does it just become fair? I like the latter. I think it just becomes fair. It becomes a little bit more it becomes a little bit more honest. It becomes a little bit more transparent. And if those aren't the rules, then you're not breaking the rules. If a player is able to get what their value is on the free market at that time in their lives, as, I don't know, 18-year-olds or 19-year-olds, I mean, Brian Bone is worth $100,000. I mean, what is Marvin Bagley worth? What is Romeo Langford worth? What, 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 like, what are players like that worth? 
And if they're able to get that that payment and still go to college and represent their university, then that seems that seems right. So again, I've banged on this a couple of different times. The amateurism rule needs to change. It needs to change so these players can have agents that can broker these deals legally. Uh, they will not be employees of the universities. So the universities can keep their hands clean with that and not get into union benefits and, and, and pay scales. They can just go get what they are worth on the open market. And you know what? If a tennis player gets a uh, 500 bucks for helping open a restaurant on a Friday night, awesome. Let them get that. But if a you know Division One college basketball player can get one hundred thousand dollars from a sneaker company by going to a certain school, then let them get that too. That's all cool in my book. I think that's fair game. I don't think that's like nasty. And it goes it goes back to the Katie Ledecky situation that Mike and I were arguing about. What kind of organization doesn't allow one of their most one of their most decorated Athletes not go be a decorated athlete and get compensated for being a decorated athlete and then limit them on how they're how they're going to participate within their organization. Seems silly, seems foolish, seems short-sighted, like I mentioned before. Then let's get back to uh, Condoleezza Rice and Dave Robson. Condoleezza Rice had, a, it's well worth the read in USA Today this week of how she went and said that Players should be able to be played, paid for their likeness, uh, whether it be uh, gaming, uh, Xbox, uh, the like there, as far as like, you know, college basketball, video games, uh, whether it be jersey sales or some other items or some other avenues or some other uh, revenue sources. I, I like that she went and clarified this after, you know, the commission reports, you know, kind of danced around a couple of items and David Robinson uh, with his comments actually back to the same sediment here that, that players should be paid for their likeness. I like both of those things. I think both of those are, are make sense as well and goes back to the other, further point that I said, like they should be able to get what they can on the free market. The only thing I didn't like about uh, Condoleezza Rice's uh, article was that she's kind of hiding behind the court rulings. I think this goes back to the Ed O'Bannon case and they're, they're waiting for some clarification on that. No, you can just change the rules. If you're the NCAA, you can just change the rules right away right now. You don't have to wait on a court. You have all these regulations in place and, and make up all of these assignments and, and decide what the punishments are. Guess what? You can also make up the rules on this and change them. So they should just be able to change the rules and get into a room and, and, and talk to a whole bunch of smart people like the people on the Knight Commission or the Commission for College Basketball and, and come to a resolution and come to some sort of like compromise and rule adjustment here. That's what I think. And I think the last part that we'll talk about uh, for you guys and then we'll get you guys out of here is man, the combine is next week. Uh, so we, a bunch of players that we rooted for, pulled for, uh, we're, we're, we're paying attention to all year are going to have the opportunity to perform in front of NBA GM, scouts, and, and executives. And so what I did is I just took a look at the, uh, the combine invite list and I have a list of, uh, of players that I think the combine is going to be really useful for. And then I have a list of a, of a couple pop guys for you that I think could pop at the combine and really make a big jump as far as their, their NBA futures are. So um, I think the first one is Costas Antetokounmpo, younger brother of Greek Freak. Um, he, he was enrolled at Dayton. My, I think my question with him is, should he really be here? Should he be here over Shamari Pons? Should he be here over Jordan Caroline, Nevada? Should he be here over Vince Edwards? I, I don't know. I think he got here on some reg name recognition and a little bit of the unknown. 
I think he's going to show if he can shoot it. I think he has to show if he's uh, you know nearly as athletic as his as his brother, which uh, obviously he is not. Um, but I think the question with him is, is should he be here? And I think he might be feeling that he might need to prove that he's worth the invite. Another player that might fall into that category is Brian Bowen. He transferred to South Carolina and obviously sat on the bench and, and practiced with the team. What will he excel at? Is he going to be a knockdown shooter? Are his measurables going to be like through the roof? Is he going to do really well with the athletics and maybe pop on one of those athletic drills? I don't know. But I think this is the opportunity that, that, that Bowen needs to you know stand out in one of those categories and really say, hey, this is my unique skill set. This is what was worth $100,000. Uh, I think another player that will benefit from time at the Combine is going to be uh, Bruce Brown, Miami. He did not play the end end part of the season due to injury. I think uh, NBA teams are going to want to look at his uh, uh, look at his medicals, see if he's sound, and then actually see how he's moving. So I think the athletic part of the Combine are going to be really important for Brown. Um, and maybe even the shooting part since he had a down year shooting uh, this past year prior to getting injured. Oh, man. Talk about a big combine. Hamadou Diallo from Kentucky, this is huge for him. I mean, he came last year to the combine and was kind of like a mystery, and he and then he tested out like an absolute athletic freakazoid in, in the best way ever. Um, he was very gifted athletically. Can he show that he can shoot it? Has he retained or maybe improved on those, those athletic uh, uh, achievements that he had last year at the combine? I think this combine is huge for him. Can he play within, you know, the five on five construct? Not in the Kentucky construct. I bet he gets out on the five on five drills as well. De'Anthony Melton, USC. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen him. Like Rakim likes to say and sing and rap. Um, will the year off benefit his shooting? Did he just put up a ton of jump shots and now he's going to be a knockdown shooter? So I think the the, the combine's big for him. Uh, same category as Brown. I think Shake Milton. I think teams want to look at his medicals because he does have uh, an NBA type body, he does have an NBA skill set, you know, deep range, good handle. Uh, so I think him just showing like, hey, I'm sound, I'm back, I'm good to go, I'm worth a first round pick. I think that's I think Shake is looking forward to just getting back out there and kind of proving that he's okay. Uh, how about Billy Preston? Don't you just want to get some info on him? Don't you just feel like you don't know anything about him, like the, the the Kansas commit, and then he went to go play overseas for a little bit, and then just got really messy? So I think NBA execs and GMs just want to see like what kind of athlete is he? Like what does he bring to the table as like a a possible big? Is he a, is he a stretch big? Is he a defensive big? Does he have ball skills that you can use on the perimeter? How about Mitchell Robinson, the former Western Kentucky commit? You know, for lack of a better term, flaked out the beginning of the season and uh, never played a game for the Hilltoppers? Did his year off at getting ready for the draft actually pay dividends? Or is he a little soft and a little doughy? And how about Austin Wiley from Auburn? Uh, he sat out the entire year due to the FBI fog and investigations. What do NBA execs see in his skill set as a big as well? You know, does he have range on that jumper? Is he quick enough to, to guard on switches? Just what kind of big is he? So I think those guys really have some questions to answer and I think could benefit from their time at the NBA Combine next week. And then I just have a couple of pop guys for it. I think guys that maybe maybe you like will surprise and, and, and really do well. One of those guys is Melvin Frazier Jr. from Tulane. His measurables are really comparable to Shake Milton's like long, 
tall guard, combo-y type guard, can shoot it a little bit, can definitely can definitely guard you on the defensive end and has some versatility as far as uh, on the perimeters, as far as skill sets. He can handle a little bit. He can shoot a little bit. I bet he surprises a couple people. So Frazier from Tulane's a, a name to keep an eye on. How about, uh, how about one of our old friends, Kevin Hervey from Texas Arlington? He, he can definitely shoot it. That's for sure. I think he needs to show that he's athletic enough to do, you know, at least be average or at least be competent on the defensive end. But I bet his shooting numbers really catch some uh, NBA eyes. I think he's going to pop and, and be one of those guys to pay attention to. How about, how about Yante Porter? All eyes are going to be on, on Michael Porter, his, his brother. And are his medicals clean? And, and is he in shape? And, and you know, what kind of uh, lateral quickness does he have after his injury? Is his back feeling okay? But I think Yante uh, can really surprise a couple of people because he can shoot it a little bit. He can defend around the rim a touch. He's not as athletic as his brother, but he does have some nice ball skills. He's not going to necessarily, you know, catch the ball with rocks in his hands. He, he does have soft hands and can, and can work with the ball a little bit, has a little craft. So I think he's a guy that might pop. And how about Jerome Robinson from Boston College? Guy that was under the radar. He was part of that like 0-18 team as a freshman uh, in ACC play for the Eagles. And then this past year had great success with the upset of Duke, uh, making the NIT, making you know postseason for the Eagles for the first time in forever, what seemed like forever. So I bet Robinson, the combo guard from Boston College, really surprises with his skill set, his shooting, his versatility. Um, and how about Kyrie Thomas from Creighton? You know, you have to be really special if you're going to be like a 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", combo-y type guard. Like you have to do something that's really definitive to stand out just because of your lack of length and lack of height. And I think Kyrie Thomas has that, has that defining characteristic, especially on defensive end, and he actually shot it really well this past year. So I bet he's a guy that kind of pops up on, on NBA radars and maybe even finds his way into the first round. Um, so those are, that's your NBA Combine uh, review. We gave you a little uh, uh, Condoleezza Rice uh, article uh, popback. Uh, we talked about the Knight Commission and, and, and Ms. Carter and her very, very strong statements uh, comparing the student-athlete situation to both slavery and prison. Uh, those two terms are really going to catch everybody's ear. We give you a, a little player rundown of, uh, you know, Langford going to Indy, uh, Cremo going to Nova, uh, Kentucky getting a good point guard, good combo guard, and Maxi. Give you a Nevada rundown of, uh, you know, what what's the update with um, uh, Cody, Caleb, and, and Jordan, and 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 their excellent transfer and Amin from Texas A&M Corpus Crispy, who led the the. the the nation in steals and 3.4 steals per game, which is kind of insane. And then, you know, of course, they're waiting on Jordan Brown. And, uh, you know, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, listeners. Uh, we want to point your direction in a couple areas. One, uh, if you are an NBA draft nutnik like or vagabond like Mike and I, then then we want to point your direction to the Screen the Screener YouTube channel. Uh, on Twitter, we put out a couple of player profiles. Uh, we have all those player profiles on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's, you know, two, three-minute uh, snippet of uh, why we think that player might excel in the NBA. Uh, we got some comparables up there. So if you're liking that and you're into that and you're kind of gearing up to that now that the NBA playoffs are coming to an end, uh, please hit that up, subscribe, you know, like a couple of those videos. That'd be amazing. 
Um, thank you to all you uh, to all the listeners and viewers out there that have already. We're kind of blown away by the amount of uh, views and, and and thumbs up and comments that have been already uh, uh, posted on on our YouTube channel. So thank you so much, guys. And if you're liking what you're listening to here, you know, give give the podcast a follow at SDS Podcast Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. Uh, please, please, please give Mike a follow on Twitter as well at Randall Rant. He is insightful, entertaining. And you might even find some nuggets of fantasy football knowledge uh, if you give him a follow. And uh, I guess the last thing is um, we just want to say thanks for giving us some attention during the offseason. Thanks for giving us some of your weekend, whether you're out running errands. Thank you for giving us some of your week, whether it be on a commute to or from work. And thanks for letting us keep you company. We're going to come at you at least once a week, if not more, during the offseason, which is some updates just like this. You know, player movement, a couple of things that have been happening on the scene, and keep you guys in the loop for the sport that we love. So thank you, thank you, thank you, listeners out there. We're totally appreciative of, uh, of you guys tuning in. And if you really like what you're listening to, you know, hit up uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, you know, vehicle that you uh, consume podcasts on and, and give us a give us a five star review give us a nice comment give us uh you know what you're thinking especially during the off season now things have calmed down a little bit uh please enjoy the nba playoffs please continue to enjoy the baseball season and again one more time happy mother's day out there everybody please enjoy time with your families and i hope that time is well spent in the right place with the right people cheers cilantro gatsu lasia arigato Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.